Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Pip, pip, cheerio. There you go. There's my uh, Texas uh, person doing a British accent. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper around the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing, right here on Ghost Chronicles International. With me to make it international is the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parsons. All right, boyo. I'm speaking to you know from the land of the Welsh dragon, where we all talk with a funny Welsh accent. You're not Welsh. I'm not Welsh. No, but my wife is. Oh, it doesn't matter. Okay, did Dick Van Dyke accent though? Anyway, good evening. Welcome to the end of the peer show. Year show. Peer show. Right here on uh, told you yeah, that. Right, planet, planet paranormal. Where else? No. There you hey, go. Did you, did you have a I had an outstanding Christmas. I absolutely did nothing. Just stayed home with my darling wife, and it was awesome. So there you go. Can't beat it. Not with stick. Poor St. John stuck in a building with you for a whole Christmas. Mm, yeah. Well, I understand you've got a little bit of uh, weather over there from us, huh? A little present? Uh, no, it was. Uh, we had a little snow, and it was very festive, and we thank you for it. You're welcome. I heard you whining all about it. It's like going. I didn't. Up. I said. I said once. Don't leave freaking snow. You know, get over it. I didn't say snow. We haven't had any snow, but we had some frost. There you go. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So, uh, New Hampshire actually got quite a bit of snow. They got you know several uh, inches, meaning bordering close to two feet, and of course it's all going now. So there you go. Send it over here. Mm, we're now we're now a nice mild. I don't know what the conversion is. It's probably in the mid mid high fifties at the moment over here. Fifties centigrade, or I've just converted it for you. Yeah, centigrade. Oh, thank you. Thank Cent- you. Cent- or Fahrenheit. Right, that too. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, the year has gone by. It's been an unusual year. Has it? Yeah, there's a missing plane. Do you know? Well, the, the, well, they found the second one. Fortunately. The third one. Third one. Yeah, I, I, you know, just saying, I'm never going to Asia. Just saying. Well, you know, that thought crossed my mind. It's uh, mind you. Did you see the Virgin Atlantic uh, landing of the seven four seven? It flew right over here, where where we were in West Wales, dumping yeah. fuel, and then he pulled off that amazing landing with. Yeah. Uh, the right wheel, the right undercarriage missing. It wasn't missing. Well, it wasn't working, was it? Well, so they said. But it landed well, pretty good. Bloody good landing, and congratulations. Yeah, when it's just when you have all these stuff, pilots. it's a really good landing. What are you talking you know, about? We don't have to land them in the Potomac, or the North River, or the East River, or okay. you know, put them back on the runway. Yeah, anyways... So, I mean, we've had a, an interesting year. We've had a lot of di- interesting guests on board, haven't we? We've had some fantastic guests, as ever. Most memorable, I think, for me has to be uh, Derek Akora. <gasps> Derek. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. for that for that reason. The most yeah, I think okay. if if people I, I I know it's probably the most downloaded show that we've done this year, but I I'm not sure whether it's for the right reasons. Whether people are listening to our interesting guest or one of our hosts in meltdown. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we, we've had some, uh, you know, looking at, I've been looking at some of these people. We had uh, this fellow, David Blank. Do you remember him? Yes, I do. I know David very well. He runs right, the he was from, from, from Germany. From uh, Germany. Well, yeah, he started off, we've had him twice, is it two times this year, and first time yeah. from Germany, and then latterly he uh, hopped across the pond to Canada. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's more recently hopped back again. He's back in Germany again now. Oh, he has. Yeah, he's back over this uh, our side of the Atlantic now. But uh, he's he's working very hard with Paranormal World, and it's um, it's it's page likes uh, a number of followers for the for the Paranormal World page he runs, uh, which called, called uh, covers a broad spectrum of paranormal interest. Is uh, I think sixteen or seventeen thousand now. Uh huh. And he's yeah, kind of like pa- paranormal Nazi, right? Kind of like you know, only only the stuff he wants is on his page, right? Um, no, he's a bit more. He, he's got a very diverse collection of admins who help him with the page, and it does cover the paranormal uh, in its broadest sense. Uh, promotes uh, different groups, different organisations. It promotes our radio show. Um, yeah. well, it supports our radio show, so it's you know it's far from perfect. He's doing great till till uh, till he started hanging around with us. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So, anyways, yeah, he was interesting, and I, and I, I I say that tongue in cheek, by the way. But back, do you remember back in February, February 25th, we had this girl, Anne Winsper. Do you remember her? No, can't remember. And, and we talked about EVPs back then. It doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, previously we had Mike Marquardt from the U.S. on board, and he talked about his thoughts on DVPs. And then we brought Ann on, who was, of course, the co-host, co-founder of uh, Parascience, and is doing her Ph.D. in uh, the psychology of EVPs, I believe. Yeah, she absolutely is. Anne's working very hard on her Ph.D., uh, backwards and forwards to university, studying... For her PhD, uh, as indeed am I supposed to be, and uh, hers is focused entirely on uh, the psychological aspects of EVP rather than the uh, the content of the messages or, or the the way in which they are received, more mm. in which the way they are perceived. I think Excellent. that would be fairly substitute up. And how is the research coming? Um, well, I think we'll get her back on and she can update us in the very near future. I know she's very, very, very busy and also uh, busy writing an additional chapter for the Paracoustics, the upcoming Paracoustics book, uh, which I know I finished all my bits for. But oh, you mean my... the, the Cal Cooper uh, Paracoustics book? He, well, it, it won't be if he doesn't write his bit soon. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, that one. Um, hopefully, uh, in time for the holiday season next year. The oh, way it's going. The way it's going. Uh-huh. And of course, back in uh, the twenty fifth of March, we had that woman from the uh, uh, Lisa Giles. Who was a name from the? Oh God, how can I say that? Ella Koya K. 
country store in that amazing video. Do you remember that? I do remember the video, and I remember. Uh, in fact, after we 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 ran with that video for uh, for the show, and we talked about several of the possibilities, including. Right. Uh, you know, the shadow that passed the window immediately before the thing started to move and mm-hmm. could it have been a truck. Now, what was interesting is that uh, a, a week or 10 days after you and I had talked with Anne and uh, that we discussed the video and uh, at length, it got picked up by, by the Facebook social media and was, was picked over and sort of sent around the social media. Um, with various explanations and various uh, opinions as to what what it what it showed, uh, mm-hmm. quite you know, I think it was uh, f- fairly evenly spread between the normal and the paranormal, as might be expected, right. because right. sort of social media is going to appear on is is primarily paranormal orientated, of course. Right, and, and it's depending on your own personal point of view. If you're a non-believer, you would absolutely say it's not paranormal. If you're a believer, you would say it's paranormal. So uh, that's pretty much how everybody analyzed it. Uh, I think you've also got to allow for the fact that you might you might be a skeptic, but there are certain things. A good skeptic should turn around and say that they they can't offer an explanation. I think that I think you have to be. But nobody questioning. did. Nobody no, no, did. no, 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 of course they didn't. No. I'm just saying, in an ideal world, you know, communism is an ideal political system. Mm-hmm. Um, but in an ideal world, a sceptic would be open-minded, like they say they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Do but it was, an, it was an interesting. It was an interesting piece of video, and uh, you and I talked about it quite a bit. And, and uh, you know, I, I, it's one of those pieces of video you you really like. I like it because it's, you know, there's a lot there, and yet there's not enough. That's always. I mean, that sums up the history of paranormal research, really, doesn't know, it? We're presented with these videos on, let's be honest, a daily basis. Our own Ghost Chronicles Facebook pages, um, and lots of Paranormal Worlds pages too, and lots of other uh, social media pages. Toke these videos around, and these photographs, uh, were, you know, the ones with the red hoop uh, drawn around the paranormal entity, so you can see it better. Um, do you know? I don't bother commenting, and I, I always wonder why people feel the the urge and the desire uh, very occasionally like with that video we were able to talk to the originator you know right at source but by the time a lot of it gets onto the social media it's it's you've got no chance of finding the original source it's 10th 11th hand and uh, i think you know there are people who blog about the uh, about these these videos and come up with explanations without ever really doing any investigative research it's it's that knee-jerk reaction if you're a believer you will instinctively believe it but if you're skeptical you will you will feel an urge to do to ridicule and debunk it right yeah and i just think it's so funny because everybody's looking for something you know um well, we are. You're absolutely right. But I think many, and we've talked about this endlessly across the year, um, agreed and disagreed on it, because I think people forget when when they're out hunting for ghosts. It's pr- 
I was watching, I was looking at a group today on, on Facebook, on the social media, and they were putting up some banners saying how much fun they got from ghost hunting and how it was more than ghost hunting, it was an adventure. It isn't an adventure, it's not a social activity. You know, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be trying to understand a human experience and some faculty of the human individual. But all too often, I think these days, it has become a Saturday night out, you know. The, a substitute for the movies, a substitute for the back, uh, for the for the scary movie. Mm-hmm. You know, they they dress up in their teen colours. Um, they 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 go out with their mates and have a social a social scare night. That's, I think that's good. But looking back on our show, and of course it was in August. How can we forget August and Richard Jones? And Richard Jones, of course, gave us information on Jack the Ripper. What happened? It actually broke with with who Jack the Ripper really was, according to DNA. So yeah, and then very soon after it broke with DNA. Remember, Richard didn't say it was down to DNA. Richard said it was on balance of probability of the evidence, and he said right. that the most the most uh, likely candidate for Jack the Ripper, and then and then named the the the. the um, suspect. When the DNA came out, Richard was amongst the, the uh, vanguard of people who actually were uh, disputing the, evidence, the DNA evidence. And in fact, uh, I think subsequently a lot of that DNA evidence has actually been um, tainted. Ta- well, I was going to say diminished in, in, in its uh, veracity. I don't think it's as credible as it, as, it, as it first appeared when it was reported in the media. Mm-hmm. So I think Richard's wise and cautious words hold true, but you know, Richard based his on on the on the evidence, not on the on the DNA from a, a an old shawl. Right. So, so I, I but yeah, you a, heard it first on Ghost Chronicles. That's right. And then, then I guess who who could confet? Who could who could confet? What the heck is that? Who I could? have no idea. Is that a yeah. French word? Repost that first. It was on Ghost Chronicles. Now, well, whatever. Anyways, uh, who can forget Mr. Paranormal, Jeff Belanger, in September when we talked about the uh, Wii system? Remember that? Who could forget the amount he eats when we took him, <laughs> when we took him out for a meal? <laughs> this is true. But, but, no, you're absolutely right. When connect, we talked about this, this idea. Yeah. And, in fact, do you know, only this afternoon I was watching Paranormal Activity 4. And uh, they were, at first I thought they were using one of these damn laser grids. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was, in fact, the, the spread of infrared from a, a Kinect sensor. Um, and there are ghost hunters. That I, the Kinect sensor, I, I think we should, re- just to recap, what was happening was a while ago gamers were noticing that when they were playing single player games that the xbox would pop up a second player and build the uh whatever they're called the avatar uh for a second person even though there was only one person in the room and it became known as the xbox ghost of course but it what it what it did seem to be detecting something um and ghost hunters, as I said, are an inventive lot and uh, realise that the, the technology inside the Kinect head, the Kinect sensor head, has uh, high, high thermal, high thermal, listen to me, high infrared, so close to thermal uh, vision, uh, 
it has uh, conventional cameras, it has motion tracking software built into it. It can be linked not just to an Xbox, but also to a conventional computer. So you can use it with, with other forms of software. And people have started to use them for ghost hunting, and people are claiming interesting uh, results with them. It's very new technology. There are there are other forms of similar technology now entering the the ghost hunting market as well. So, is there any valid? Are they valid for a ghost hunting? Well, or is this I, just a broken piece of equipment used for ghost hunters? Well, I'll be honest. I I haven't actually used one, so it would be improper of me to to make a, a judgment call on that. It may be. I, I mean, to me, intrinsically, it just feels inc- it just doesn't feel right. Um, rather like the, when the digital camera came along and it discovered the orb phenomena, and initially, you know, the the, the early users. Did, was the digital camera doing something extraordinary? Was it you know, a piece of technology that could finally photograph the paranormal? Well, as it turned out, it couldn't. And it might be that the Xbox uh, is that magical piece of combination of standard pieces of equipment that can detect something anomalous. Or, you know, <laughs> it probably isn't in reality. But that doesn't mean to say that there are people who are who are experimenting, and experimentation can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So nothing ventured, nothing gained. But you know my philosophy: we're we we we're there to explore a human experience. Somebody said that they saw a ghost. Somebody said that they heard a sound. Somebody said that they smelled a smell. And I, we 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 seem to get lost in the technology, we hide behind the technology, we spend all our life poring over computer screens and disassociating ourselves from the location that we're supposed to be investigating and from the experience. It is, after all, a paranormal experience. It's a subjective experience that somebody has had. They, you know, they phone up, who are you going to call? Uh, I've seen a ghost. Well, Obviously, the ghost hunter wasn't there when they saw the ghost, so the ghost hunter needs to have, ideally, the same experience as them so that they can understand it better. If we can use equipment in order to objectify, in order to um, demonstrate that something was actually there in the room or something unusual was taking place... um, then all the better. But to simply rely on the equipment, I think, is the wrong avenue to go down. And we've talked about that over many shows. I think so, too. I mean, it's it's been interesting in uh, using different ghost hunting stuff and so forth. And so I remember back in, uh, it was November, I believe. Yeah, November 4th, we brought on uh, parapsychologists, ex-mentalists, Mr. Auerbach, yeah. Who's, who who will uh, eternally uh, remember that show because um, I asked him a question about parapsychologists and are they fit to investigate? Are they qualified? Are they the right people to investigate hauntings and haunted houses and experiences of ghosts? And uh, I think, I can't remember exactly from the playback, but his answer was something along the lines of, well, no, not really, because they probably lack the social skills. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I've said several times to several parapsychologists. 
And, you know, and he had that interesting theory about ghost hunting with the lights on. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's something I subscribe to, certainly. We work better with the lights on. The equipment works better with the lights on. You know, well, you don't need yeah. IR cameras then, do you? Uh, well, of course you use IR cameras because there are areas where there are no lights and you need to be able to visualise something. But, you know, let's be honest, if you're watching Downton Abbey and a spider walks across the across the dining room or floor, you're not, you're not going to miss the spider. You will notice the spider. But if you're sitting there with the lights out at 3am, I'll wager you could probably, a small dog could probably cross that room without you noticing it. Hmm. So yeah, leave the lights on. Right, and, and, and if you've got them, of course. You know there right. are places in the world that don't have lighting. Right, and and Lloyd, uh, you know, he has had his distractors as well. Uh, I I enjoy him, but uh, people uh, certainly uh, have chastised him for his ghost hunting courses and so forth. <laughs> People, there will always be the naysayers, won't there? There will always be the people who claim that they know better or that uh, there are... Particularly in the world of, of mainstream science, academic science, it is an area that's actually, uh, I, I would imagine, fairly dangerous territory to go into if you're a, a scientist seeking to make a living. Um, I mean, there are, there are, I don't know very many professional parapsychologists who actually undertake that full-time most of them do have you know real jobs as psychologists or as um in lloyd's case he's also a chocolatier uh, <laughs> but you know, you're not going to get much research funding for going to look for haunted houses um it, it's very very fringe science and of course you risk the ridicule as have men of science throughout the ages uh, many of the great scientists who were involved with the society for psychical research were castigated and ridiculed by by their fellow uh, science, scientists, by their academic peers, simply because they held an interest in the in the paranormal or some aspect of it. Right, and of course, you know, what's how do you get funding if you can't get it legitimately? You go into events, and then back in uh, April, we had Kevin Bowen from Compass Paranormal, and talk about a event he was going to run into Europe, which... Well, yeah, absolutely. Now, there again, you see, Ghost Chronicles were in there first. Ghost Chronicles International were in there first with that one, because the week before, of course, uh, the Compass Paranormal uh, investigators' events had been at my local castle, at Kerou Castle in West Wales, the home of the ghost monkey, mm-hmm. uh, the Barbary ape of Kerou Castle. And uh, I went along as a paying guest uh, because it was, you know, nearby. It was a night out for me. And uh, we invited Kevin on to talk about the uh, upcoming event at Colditz Castle, which I think was A, a first, and B, it sounded interesting. And Barry Fitzgerald from uh, Ex of Ghost Hunters International was was uh, the special guest investigator leader for for that particular event. And uh, I, I don't think we need to go into into too much detail, but it went spectacularly wrong um, for a lot of reasons: the transportation, the liaison with the castle, and then it got very heated on both the social media. Um, 
and uh, email and people were threatening each other uh, with legal redress uh, and uh, do you know I don't know what, what the actual outcome of that ever was because I think it was taken off social media ultimately to be dealt with legally um, and Kevin and his wife um, I, I know relinquished Compass Paranormal Compass Paranormal um, folded or ceased operations shortly thereafter citing the bad publicity wow um, you know <laughs> they say there's no such thing as bad publicity well in the case of Compass Paranormal there was very much it was, uh, bad publicity killed that killed that organisation yeah, originally Compass Paranormal that was Denise Mott and her husband if I that's right the, the Boeing uh, uh, Kevin and his, his his wife bought Compass Paranormal I think for the, for a nominal fee uh, from Denise and her husband, um, and then and ran it for. And in fact, wasn't Compass uh, Paranormal involved with uh, our good friend Richard Felix and Derek Cora? Uh, in its original incarnation, with its original oh, owners, Chris Conley. That's who it was, Chris Conley. Yeah, Chris Conway. Yeah, in its original form. Uh, yeah, uh, Compass was part of the was very much linked with psychic and science with you know Richard and uh, Derek uh, Chris Conway originally, mm-hmm. uh, but again that was under the original owners that wasn't associated in any way with the later um, ownership and the unfortunate incidents of Colditz. But it goes to show you that you know how. You know, the the paranormal has now turned into events, uh, you know, so important for uh, so many members of uh, the paranormal. It seems the events are are really the primary uh, task of the paranormal investigator now. I don't, I, I, never a true word. I, I don't know very many groups now that don't um, primarily do uh, investigations use it with public access uh, associated with it or is the primary function of it um you know i i do public events i know you do public events but they're separate from from parascience itself um i think you have to you have to find a balance i i don't i don't object to public events you know there is an entertaining aspect to uh, the paranormal people have an interest in just going along to see for themselves and you know it, locations do charge a great deal of money particularly the ones that have been on television shows mm-hmm. um, which means that you have to spread that cost either you know hit, hit your team up for a lot of money or spread the cost between some uh, you know between uh, members of the public who want to be there too but if obviously if you've got members of the public you can't do an investigation um, my problem comes when people start calling it an investigation or selling it more importantly selling it as an investigation now I've got a public event coming up in March uh, the first one that I've solely run for well, uh, several years now and now, where know, is that? that will be at my local castle at Pembroke Castle uh, and oh, it's excellent. It's 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 a fundraiser for the castle, um, uh-huh. and it it will be an investigation. It will not be groups of people being led around the location and being stood to watch Ouija boards and laser grids and EMF meters and oh, the like. Um, it will be the pe- the participants, the members of the public, will be the primary investigators. There will be a layer of health and safety, uh, but there will be no intervention in terms of being dragged around and uh, 
Well, I hear the tunes, which means we have to take a break right now. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with uh, Mr. Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick, and we'll be right back here on Pararex, Tojinet, Planet Paranormal, and beyond. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give awards to the Parax family. Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Cola, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. You are here at the elegant Ventford Hall, the Downton Abbey of Menace. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you to tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. On Tokenet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your tune-in app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for tea. Do you know, I'm not even sure we actually say felicitations here in the UK. But anyway, greetings and felicitations. You're not listening to Downtown Abbey. You're listening to Ghost Chronicles International, the live edition, coming to you from the land of the Red Dragon with me, the plastic standard in ghost hunting. And it's the end of the pier show with uh, New England's very own Van Helsink. And we were engaging in a little discussion about the year just gone. Right. Weren't we? Yeah. 
Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I was saying that I'm Did doing... Check the Skypes. Did I check my Skypes? Yeah, I Skyped you. Did you? Yes. You, Anyways, you, we were talking a little bit about uh, uh, Richard Felix, of course. And we were. We were. And, and about public access ghost hunting. Yes. The what? Public access ghost hunting. Huh? You know, the, the stuff that you let the public go on a ghost hunt? Oh, okay. A public access means something different here. That's why it's... Oh, what does it mean? Oh, it's different than we have a different... But that's all right. Not a problem. You well, know. is it public access? Or is yes, it paid, yes, I, paid, I, get, paid access? I get it. Well, what does it mean in America? Whatever. Anyways, uh, we had other people on, too. We had uh, psychics. We had lots of psychics besides Derek and Cora. We had Jane Darty and her psychic belly. Yeah, because her series was being shown late night UK, and uh, I remember it first popped up. I know her face from somewhere, and then the penny dropped that, of course, I'd met her at Spirit Quest the year before, uh, or last year now. No, so this year, last year, 2013. You get the idea. And um, I spoke to you. I said, Jane Doherty's just been on our television. I didn't even know she had a series. Mm. Yes, it was. Uh, it was, yeah. It was called Dead Tenants. And, of course, Jane has the amazing ability to uh, detect spirits with her psychic belly. Her belly actually extends. Um, and she was at Ghost uh, Spirit Quest um, two right. years ago. Uh, you well, met her there, right? That's what I've just said. Were you, did your headphones fail again? Um, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm not entirely sure, but I, I'm, I think that ability, that claimed ability to detect spirits via the stomach may, may be unique, um, this idea of expanding. Somebody said that another medium, uh, they'd also encountered a, a medium making a similar claim, but I, I can't find any other records or any other documents that support you know, another medium doing what Jane, Jane's claim is. that In the presence of a spirit, it, her, her belly swells to several times its normal its normal size, as if she is pregnant. And, uh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I know of no others. She is original as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, it's amazing. Dead Tenants was a long time ago, and it, yet it's still, as you said, it was it was in uh, it was in the TV. In- the thing, the thing about those sort of shows, and we've got another one now called Haunted Evidence. Um, it's probably a that's, rehash. Pat, of- that's old. Uh, that's uh, Burns. Uh, Pat, uh, not Pat Burns. Um, what's his name? Uh, Burns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's his show. Yeah. Yeah, I I find it difficult. I find it difficult to watch those sort of shows because the idea that you can use ghost hunting techniques, or you know, mediumship has always been associated with crime solving or the claims mm-hmm. of mediums to be involved in solving crime, right the way back to Jack the Ripper. Um, there was there was you know mediums trying to assist the police detecting Jack the Ripper, but this idea that you can then stand in the middle uh, well they were standing on the edge of a cliff in California uh, where the woman had disappeared, the episode I most recently saw and he's using um, a computer and a bank of stuff um, mm-hmm. and, and a, which included a K2 meter and a tri-field mm-hmm. meter right. to 
to solve the crime. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, for me, that's verging on the ludicrous. Oh! Because, well, I mean, you, you're working there on I mean, so many levels. A, it's crass and insensitive to even try to assume that you can do this. You know, we have we've got enough trouble with mediums who are making these rash claims and proven claims where they where they have you know made extraordinary nonsensical claims that people have died and uh, in fact they they haven't where they've been killed in circumstances that they hadn't you know when the evidence later turns up and now you've got ghost hunters who think that they can also solve crimes with bits of technology that can detect the dead. It's it, it's just distasteful and nasty and and silly. And okay. where the, why the program makers are going down those avenues, I have no idea. You know, the world of the paranormal, the world of haunting, something I've studied for 30-odd years, is a fascinating subject. We don't need to make it crass and insensitive and stupid by pretending that we can hook up a computer to an electromagnetic field meter and then, oh, look, we, we've solved a crime. Hmm. Wow, that's pretty harsh words. But once again, that's your opinion, and you're entitled to it. So there you go. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and we had other mediums. We had a good friend of yours, uh, Andrea, Andrew Blasphemous. Well, yeah, Mr. Taylor, um, yes. who lived out here in the land of the Red Dragon in West Wales, but now on the far eastern coast at Blickling Hall, which is uh, famous for... It's seasonal haunting around Christmas time of the ghost of spectral figure of Anne Boleyn. Really? Uh, and Andy is still um, you know, very much on my friends list. We still uh, regularly uh, communicate. And when he comes to visit friends and family this side of the, the UK, he, he, we always make time to, to uh, get together. Uh, he's very much into reenacting. Um, he's currently... Uh, portraying uh, the character Arthur Harris, the head, the head of Bomber Command in World War II, uh, mm-hmm. to which he does bear a passing resemblance. And what, what I've got to say you know, right from the off here is the level of meticulous detail that Andy is putting into researching the role, the uniform, um, and the character is extraordinary, absolutely extraordinary. So is that because of his mediumship background? Um, no, uh, I, I, I think I mean, Andy is a very creative, a very talented person in terms of uh, he went to art school and he is you know, incredibly talented when it comes to making things. Um, he's made a, a number of model aeroplanes for the boys, for my young boys. Um, and you know what? He's made them out of paper and they're... <laughs> They're unbelievably detailed. In fact, they're so detailed that you know, the boys being so young, they can't have them yet. Uh, he, is, he is a man of incredible talent when it comes to artistic and creative endeavour. And I think that's the side of Andy that's carried on into the, the reenactment. And in fact, I would say his mediumship, certainly in the last 12 months, as far as I'm concerned, and from, uh, from 200 miles plus away, seems to have taken a, uh, very much a back seat. Really, that's interesting. Uh, you know, he still he he still does pursue 
uh, his interest in mediumship. And uh, but he, I think he's become. I mean, we'll have to get Andy on to, to uh, sometime in in the coming year again to update us. But Andy, I think, has become a little bit, you know, uh, perhaps a bit jaded with the scene here in the UK. Oh, perhaps more, nice. perhaps more globally, reading his, you know, status f- uh, posts on Facebook as well. You know, he sees the bad, the bad side of mediumship. Uh, as I sometimes comment on the the the, the lesser uh, satisfactory sides of ghost hunting, right? And they're critics. They're critics everywhere of everybody, and that's that's tough for especially if you're in the public eye. And speaking about critics, we had another gentleman on the show, uh, paranormal researcher Sean Underwood. Uh, yeah, Sean runs another of uh, a Facebook page which is aimed at. Uh, I can't, uh, Sean, if you ever listen to the podcast, you're going to have to forgive me because I've forgotten the name of the damn uh, Facebook. Paranormal Watchdog. Paranormal, that's it, Paranormal Watchdog. And, um, you know, he has he has set that up to... Sean's been been a, uh, an investigator himself for a number of years and again has become a little dissatisfied with what he's seen, the way things are going, the way things are portrayed, and his way of doing something about it was to set up this challenging Facebook page uh, and call people to account, and there are other there are other Facebook pages too that have tried this approach um, over the years. Sean's is uh, Sean's also had some some health problems over the years, so he, he hasn't been able to put as much time into either his investigations or to, into uh, the paranormal watchdog page. But he maintains an active interest, and you know he does stay in touch, and. Uh, you know, he's 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 as interested in the paranormal and for, and as forthright in his opinions as he ever was. Right, and I know he was very uh, interested in the new uh, demonology fad. Well, you know, even one of our uh, uh, my my uh, former so you want to be a ghost hunter colleague, uh, Dr. Kieran O'Keefe, is uh, running a course uh, through his school of parapsychology at the moment, which includes a course on exorcism. Really? Uh, it absolutely does. That's the only one that's well, that's the one that's not included in his thirty percent off. Uh, before 1st of January sale. So you've got about 24 hours to get onto the School of Parapsychology website mm-hmm. and, um, and book your, your end-of-year discounts, but you can't have that on the exorcism course. Uh, Kieran, just... Kieran, as you know, has been fascinated by religious miracles and by exorcism uh, for, for, you know, for a very long time, and uh, he, has, he, he has knowledge to impart, and uh, you know, he is a, he is a uh, full-time... Uh, tutor he's a full-time academic lecturer uh and if you were going to if you want to learn about exorcism then i can't think of a better place to go except the vatican maybe well there you go you heard it first yeah and we, we were talking about uh ghost hunting classes and and techniques and uh there was a, a gentleman from this side of the pond, uh, Brad Duplain from the Louisiana Spirits Paranormal Investigators. Do you remember him? Geo Spirits? Um, you're going to have to jog my memory a little bit. We've had so many guests from the... The name's familiar and the Geo Spirits is familiar, but sometimes they get a little bit blurry. Yes, he was... Uh, we played some of his EVPs, including one that was involved in a murder case. Well, you know, I said before what I thought about ghost hunters getting involved in murder cases, mm, and, sure. and and I've said I've said you know 
play any almost any podcast back in you know how many times have we both said the very best evps are the ones that are the blurry ones that you have to tell people what they're about to hear before they hear it mm-hmm. you know i'm not i'm not knocking evp research you know um there are there are there, there are a lot of people doing some excellent research it's primarily lab-based research work it ba- uh, based upon the work of Constantine Raudiva and uh, the there are others um, sort of working along those lines of trying to determine if it's possible and if it is possible to determine a method of reliable communication with a spirit role now mm-hmm. that's fine but the idea that you can just take your mp3 player recorder out into a haunted house and go is there anybody there <laughs> Oh, it said my name. You got yeah. the raspberry several times at uh, the White House. <laughs> the elect here, the electronic raspberry. <laughs> well, you know the thing about EVP, those sort of uh, those sort of public, uh, uh, they're primarily used on public events. Mm-hmm. Ghost boxes—they are the crack cocaine. For, for ghost hunting, aren't they? You can sit anybody uh, in it. You can almost take a hardened sceptic, and indeed I have taken pretty hard-line sceptics and sat them in front of these things mm. and watched them um, start to melt because they are like crack cocaine because, you know, as Anne would, if you were here now, would no doubt explain, you're going to hear pretty much what you expect to hear. And if you ask to hear your name, then in amongst that mush, you will make those phonemes and that static and that crackle into your name. And once one person starts to say a name, then everybody in the room will start to hear the same thing. And I've seen it done time and time and time again. It's predictable. It's interesting. It's an interesting piece of psychology. And it's very, very good to having your back pocket on a public event where it's a bit quiet and you want to give them a scare. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know... We had a lot of interesting mediums on our show, too. We had my good friend and partner uh, for years, Maureen Wood, Transmedium. We had most hauntest Barry John and our, our good friend, uh, spiritualist medium, Stephen Scott, just to name a few. And uh, not ruling out, of course, Billy Roberts. Um, and we've got, uh, hopefully, Billy back with us in the near future. Together with, Billy worked on a project for Sony uh, Pictures supporting a video game uh, with a New Orleans medium, uh, Khalila Smith. And we've got her booked for ja- uh, an upcoming show in January. Oh, excellent. This so, should be interesting. To- talking about upcoming, you know, we're at the end of the year. But it, I think if I can just take a minute to look forwards um, oh, and try, sure. oh, try a little... I'm going to try a little futurology because, you know, back in the 1930s, Harry Price, one of the things he wished most for was an infrared cine camera, something he could shoot moving pictures in, the, in, in complete darkness, visible darkness. Ooh. And, you know, in 1995, when Parascience was formed, we could never have predicted this explosion of interest in the paranormal. I know, 2000, would we have thought we'd be using military technology, such as thermal imaging, where we were ghost hunting? And, you know, let's wind the clock forward. We're still backwards. It is futurology, but I'm just trying to put it in context. Because, you know, 2004, uh, the formation of Facebook, 10 years ago, could we ever have predicted that we would spend all of our days and nights playing games on telephones and clicking like on our friends' pictures of our friends' dinner? 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back in 1882, when the SPR was founded, it was believed by many of its members that within 10 years, 10 years, so 1892, that the SPR, that science would have provided answers to the mysteries of ghosts, of uh, sigh, you know, this extrasensory perception, and the other medical metaphysical problems that, that they were dealing with. So, based upon all of that, I, I stuck together a few educated guesses. Now, this based on trends, uh, uh-huh. some, and it's just my view of the world in 2024. Oh, excellent! I can't wait. So I think we will have a far greater degree of technical, technological integration, maybe even sensors integrated into the actual investigator themselves, and the ability to record every normal variable at every moment, at every location, using one single device rather than a flight case full of different box, uh, equipment. I also believe I th- uh, that there will be a revolt by many against the use of the technology and a return to the techniques that are more to spirit towards spiritualism so a more sort of leave the equipment at home and touch base with with our spiritual side i think that also that in 10 years time ghosts will have been replaced by some other metaphysical phenomena within the media um, and I think there will be a subsequent end to many of the ghost hunting programs and the supernatural movies. I think we'll go back more, mainly uh, more toward uh, an X-Files type format where they're, they're more alien orientated, more UFO orientated. Um, I think also in 10 years time there will be a general acceptance that many of the current ideas are no longer relevant, and that phenomena such as the orbs, such as the ability to detect the electromagnetic emission of ghosts, will cease to be be you know part of a ghost investigation, um, and that ghost investigations will be based more upon the human experiences instead of the location's reputation. You know, it's an old building, therefore it must be haunted, or indeed its topography. But I think the most important projection to 2024 is that the majority of people who listen to this show um, and the majority of people who today are unshakable ghost hunters they're all part of their groups and their teams and they proudly wear their hoodies and uh, sweatshirts Um, they won't be investigating ghosts or haunted houses or have any active involvement in paranormal research at all, they will all have moved on elsewhere to some other fascinating hobby. Really? So, there, so that's, my, that's my little bit of futurology. Wow. Now, would you come up with that in a dream? No, it's just, you know, look at I the trends. Well, I didn't know if you, you, know, if you had a, 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 a Casey uh, moment there. No, but, you know, you look at patterns, you look at trends. You know, there's, there's been stuff... Um, you know, there's been patterns within before. There's been in peaks of interest and troughs of interest. And I think that, you know, the current one is being driven by social media. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't see social media being sustained 
um, forever, indefinitely. It will have to be replaced. Facebook cannot grow exponentially, nor can Twitter, nor can the other uh, social media. Um, I think one of the big, big growth areas is Internet radio. Uh, and that's not biased. That is the way, you know, talking to the broadcasters, people in the broadcast industry, is the way that they believe it will go. But I think social media, the way we use it today, is, is a passing, it's a passing craze. Um, that's starting to peak. There are people now coming off the social media, the, the you know, the social media fatigue. Mm, that's true. It's 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 a lot. So, looking ahead for us for Ghost Chronicles International, yeah, what do we want to do next year? Where do we want to go? Well, I would like to hear very much from the people that that are listening to the show, because I would like to. A, have them as part of the show and dictate to us the guests that they want to hear and also the sort of questions that they want to ask. I think that's an excellent idea. And if anybody has ideas that, that uh, our direction they want us to go, go to our page, Ghost Chronicles International, on Facebook, and you can message us there. And uh, we'll certainly take them into consideration. Uh, but, I, you know, I want to look into some of the strange and unusual stuff, not just the ghosts, but the other stuff. I mean, we I've contacted some of the uh, monster, the cryptoid hunters and and, uh, you know, they're, they're afraid to go on a ghost show. And so our name is hurting us. So maybe we'll change our name to the, uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Stephen Ron show. <laughs> Or maybe, or, or maybe, or well, uh, maybe, maybe the majority of people listening to the chat room will want uh, to suggest that they that you get rid of the co-host. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're here. We're not here for our fun and entertainment. Can't, uh, we're, not. Know, we're not supposed to be. Oh. There are supposed to be people listening to the show, and if they have any ideas for people, or or not, it might not just be a person, but a genre. You know, do you want to hear more about cryptozoology? Go, uh, more do about ghosts. Want, more. Do you want broadcast from live locations, haunted we, locations? Do you well, want yeah, we had to go that as well as twenty fourteen. Yes, we did, and we're willing to do it again. And we're willing to look at different things. Uh, do you want me to be buried alive and broadcast inside a coffin? Um, I hope you don't. <laughs> uh, Ron, Ron, trust me, been there, done that sort of stuff, been involved in that sort of stuff. <laughs> in fact, that was on one of our shows. <laughs> yeah, you know what the problem was? They dug him up. Yeah. <laughs> So it's been an interesting year, but next year we, we're going in, a, in, well, I'm not going to say in a different direction, but we're going to look digger, dig deeper, look yeah. under more rocks, and try to find the things that people want to know about. And maybe irritate a few people along the way. Oh, we do that anyways. I always do that. If I'm not irritating people, I'm not doing my job. Is the way I look at it. Well, we'll have we'll have more. Of, we, we will have some of the uh, some of the former guests. I know Anne will be appearing uh, at some point, and uh, yes, some we of the will have updates. Yeah. Because it's nice to get an update. You know, we're, we're not just going to throw away throw away the past completely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's that it's it's very close to the final pizza bell of 2014, and I think as the main host, I think I think the end of the year. 
um, thanks and good wishes for should come from you because I did the Christmas one that was badly cocked up. What? That was awesome. It went very badly wrong. It was awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it to the broadcasting professional. What? The pizza up... bell is... Wait a minute, the pizza bell isn't even started yet. Don't touch it. I know, I'm the... just saying when it does. There you go. You bugger. <laughs> <laughs> so my goal for next year, and I don't know if it can be next year, maybe it'd be 2016. No, I'd really like to do it next year. Is to broadcast from Downton Abbey. That would be uh, my goal, my dream for next it's year. Not what? What? Hey, should I? No, we've just seen the Christmas episode. You won't have seen it yet. Oh, we saw the one with George Clooney. Uh, no, the Christmas special. Oh, we saw the one with George Clooney. I know it's only broadcast on Christmas night. It was fun. Anyway, uh, pizza's here. We got to go. Yeah. So we want to thank all of our listeners, all both six of, of them. them. <laughs> How many did you say? I said both of them. Oh, both of them. Wow. I, you know, I, I'm more optimistic. I six. You're the pessimist, too. So there you go. <laughs> Anyways, we want to thank everybody and, and hope you have a great and safe and healthy and, and warm new year. And uh, we'll see you uh, after the first. Yeah. And I, I, we can't go without thanking our producer. What producer? Karina. She's stuck with Who? us through thick and thin. Who? Who? Karina. Out there in Texas, in the uh, sunshine. Oh, Karina. Yeah, right, 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 right. And, and what does she do for us? I forgot. She keeps us in line and makes oh, sure that oh, when oh. the Skype connection breaks. There you go. Oh, the voice <laughs> of God has entered. <laughs> See, proof, God is a woman. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so she called me rude, rude run. And I no, no, Rudolph, Rudolph. It was festive. No, I mean, there was ravish and rude, Rick, rude. Maybe I could be ravish and run, rude, whatever. Forget it. Time to go. Good night. God bless everyone. And thank you so much. And thank you, Karina, for whatever you do. And uh, we hope to see you next year as well. Happy New Year. Really, even though we don't really see her. We could. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, good night. God bless. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.